Welcome to How to Build a Village to Helen and Shininga Marasha, who run the wonderful charity Big Kid Foundation. And I can't wait to talk to you both about this charity that is dedicated to seeing no young people lose their lives or potential to youth violence. So I would love to hear first off, what inspired you to start this fantastic charity? Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Thank you for having us, Jill. Um, Well, the the charity, I think the inception of the charity started when I was in sixth form um, in school. And I went to a school called Wimbledon College. And and at the time, there were a lot of young people or younger children being expelled for various reasons. And I remember having a conversation with the head of the school. um, And I said, look, if we were to start a mentoring program, um, would we be able to kind of keep some of the kids in school for for um, for a bit? And he said, yeah, sure. Okay, I'll give you a term and then we'll see if their behavior changes. Then, you know, we'll keep them, we'll keep them on board. And so we, we then set about starting this mentoring program, myself and the chaplain at the time. And, um, you know, we recruited loads of my friends who had kind of um, <laughs> scraped their way into sixth form. Um, and because we thought, you know, they, they're quite, they're really, good guys, they're credible characters and, you know, train them up to be mentors as best we could. We were paired up with the young people who were in year nine at the time. And then we intensively worked with them for two years. It went up to two years. So we did it for the term. And then it turned into the whole time that we were there. We'd meet with them every break time, talk to them. And while we were doing that, we found out that um, a lot of these kids were in gangs. Their brothers were in gangs. They were doing home robberies, street robberies, Mm -hmm. a whole bunch of stuff that the school just wasn't aware of. And they were coming from broken homes or coming from homes where parents were drug and alcohol abusers. And it was it was just it was a lot of information to kind of take in. And Mm -hmm. and that's kind of where the the drive for me kind of came from to be like, actually, I really liked I really enjoyed doing the social purpose stuff. And there's an actual need here that Mm -hmm. that can be met. And went on and, you know, went on to uni and met some friends. And then long story short, we then uh, formalized ourselves in um, 2008, I think mm-hmm. it was. And mm-hmm. um, and Helen was like really instrumental in kind of formalizing us as an organization and getting you us- You skipped a bit where you, you started a rap group. Oh yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> So straight after kind of school six form, I went on to uni. We started a rap group and we were called Bicket at the time. And then mm. you know, we went around different unis and student unions and rapping and you know trying to be superstars and all of this stuff. And 
And while we were doing it, I remember having a conversation with my friends and saying, look, this is what I did when I was in sixth form. How would you guys feel about us showing up early to gigs and then kind of going to a local estate and putting on free gigs? And, um, and they were like, yeah, sure, why not? So we turn up to youth clubs, estates, we kind of, we'd have our DJ, we set up our stuff outside in the block, put on a free show, and then talk to the kids afterwards and try and kind of push them onto positive pathways. And um... see, this is where I come in. This is why we can't miss out this bit. This yeah. Because <laughs> I first met Shalinga through the music that he was doing as as big kid and um I was a groupie and so <laughs> me and um his sister and some other girls and guys we used to go we used to be the hype men didn't we, we used to go hype the crowd <laughs> and then that's yeah that's how I became involved and then I remember Schninger telling me um that actually he wanted to do I think it was difficult with meeting young people helping them and sort of putting them on that positive pathway, but then kind of walking away and not really knowing what the outcome was. Yeah. And, you know, did they, did they make any decisions about mm. their lives because of that encounter? Did they go to a, a youth activity? We didn't know what the youth activities no. were to really plug them into. And I think that sort of aim to have more of an impact on a young person's life and yeah. to sort of ensure that they are plugged into something positive and that they are, um, that they have all the resources to make these good decisions about their lives and to put their lives uh, on a positive pathway has been a thread and an aim that um, continues throughout Big Kids to this day. And I think it's really shaped us as a charity because even when we started, we started doing our leadership program in partnership with another organization that were doing football. Um, and again, we, we got a lot of good results from that leadership program we would see these young people every week for about sort of six weeks maybe sometimes 12 weeks and you would see the change in them but then again we would we would leave and then we would go somewhere else and and it just didn't feel right to us that we were you so know, transient yeah. yeah and we weren't like a, a an important factor in their lives because we because certainly from my experience um going back to sixth form running the mentoring program i realized early on that consistent regular contact over a long period of time mm. is what brings about change um as opposed to these kind of one shot um you know experiences that they might have so we were like actually we need to build long-term relationships with these young people in order to get the most out of them so that they can actually become change makers themselves mm. and and so what is the role that sport plays now yeah, sport, sport is a big deal for us because we found, so initially when we started the organization, music was a big part of everything that we did. And, you know, as music, both of us are musicians, so it was, it was quite easy for us to be like, well, let's, let's start with music. Then we realized, actually, the kids were more interested in listening to music than making music. So all the music workshops just didn't really click. They didn't really work. However, they were all really interested in sport. Um, and sport was a big deal. And I remember starting our first football program and the kids came to us and they were like, you know, why don't we do, why don't you guys do a fo run football? Why don't you run a football program? And at the time we were like, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a sportsman, I love sport, but we we're like, well, that's, it's not really what we do. And then we were kind of forced into it because one of the partners that we work with lost a lot of funding. And then a lot of the kids just didn't have that football outlet anymore. So... They, so we then just filled that space um, because we were like, okay, we'll run a session on a Thursday. Why don't you just turn up and play with us? 
Um, and then it turns out, you know, that was the, the start of this, this amazing journey that we're on now of, of using sport as an integral part of every single thing that we do. So sport is a massive engagement tool with young people. Um, and depending on the sport you play, it's a leveler as well. So yeah, sport, sport is a big, plays a big role in, in kind of how we engage with the young people. Mm. I would say it's also, I mean, sometimes it's not about the sport. I think the, the reason the sport works so well or worked so well is, is more because that's what the kids wanted to do. And mm-hmm. I think it's, it's, it was us responding to that need, to that desire for them to say, for, for them to be able to come and, and play their sport. But we've always said it's not about sport. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that transition that we made from music to sport was a really good lesson for us in youth work because yep. as musicians we were like well no this is what we do we do music and the kids like we want to do football I want to no 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 you want to do music <laughs> we do music um and then actually when we moved to sport and we moved to football we went I mean in a very short time we went from having 15 kids attend to 60 kids attend yeah. in, in such a in just a few a few months and they were so committed and so dedicated. And, you know, we were just thinking we are so stupid to think that we know what the kids want. And I think that was a valuable lesson for us. We don't know because, you know, we are not teenagers yeah. and we're not living the life that they're living. But the important thing is that we're listening. We listen. What yeah. do they want? Do they want to play football? fine let's play football it's not about the activity that we do it's important that the, whatever activity we do is safe and it's positive and it's um, building confidence but ultimately it's about getting them to a space where we can build a relationship with them yeah. and where we can start to get to know them get to know what's going on in their lives see what other things they need what other support do you need in your life you know what's going on at home what's going on with your friendship group you know, most recently with Brexit, what's going on with your passport situation? There's a lot of young people that that really, they were not prepared um, and their families weren't prepared for for Brexit. And, you know, we had to sort of come alongside a lot of them, make sure, have you got your papers in order? Do you know what you're doing? A lot of them don't know how to access um, the healthcare system. Um, and these are the kind of things that, that create massive inequalities later on, or even at the time of teenagehood, really. Um, and so these are the kind of deeper issues that we want to address. But actually, the, the tool is, well, you know, today it's flag, tomorrow it's football, next day it's music, whatever it is. I think it's about adapting to whatever that is, because I mean, even with the um, with the girls football, that was because girls came down to the, to the boys football sessions and they said, why don't you do a girls football session and we're like well why don't we let's do that and we'd never it's a question we'd never even asked ourselves we just just delivered the sessions and you know they came to us challenged us and because of that we went from four girls to 500 girls in an 18 month period playing football and we were like oh Okay. Yeah. And all this time so, we said to ourselves, well, it's really hard to engage with girls. No. And it really isn't. It's, it's not. You it's, just put, put it, build it and they'll come. Build it, ask, ask them what they want and then give them what they want. And, you know, it's, it's, it's that simple. And I think Helen made the point that we, sport is, is just an engagement tool. You know, we're youth workers. We're not a sports charity. We just happen to do sport well. But that's because the focus is on 
youth engagement and youth work it's like what is the core what is the issue that we're trying to get to and how can we get to that mm. with some young people it's just that it's going to take six months of consistent showing up every tuesday night running the session being consistent um then knowing that you're there and then six months from now you have a breakthrough moment where they disclose certain information that they need support they need all of this stuff and then we're able to come in and support them mm. and meet, meet their needs so you know, the, the sport is it's a it's a big tool for us, um, but it's as much a tool as the film projects that we do mm. or the music projects that we, we've started up again. Um, so, yeah, it's for us, it's just it's about youth engagement and about engaging. Yeah. How do we engage them? And the best way to do is understanding their voice, listening to them. What is it that they need? What do they want? And then responding to that. And how have you found their needs changing over the years? Because, of course, you've been going a long time now, 20-odd years, right? So how, yeah. how have their needs, the needs of the population you serve, changed over that time? They've changed tremendously. I mean, um, some things are very similar to, to when we started, but in other ways, it is it's very different. I mean, just the type of engagement that you have to make with some of the young people now is very different. I mean... We, we go on social media platforms, we're online a lot, we're running all of these kind of online programs as well as in-person programs as well because they want to see people. They need that kind of that tactile um, youth work style. So it's it's um, it has changed, but I think essentially it's just about listening to young people and, and then trying to meet their needs and trying to understand that, you know, at the heart of it, young people really want to be loved. They really want to be listened mm. to. They want to be cared for. They want to be, they want to be seen to be heard um, and they want their voice to be heard. So, you know, if you can make provision for that to happen, mm. um, you'll, you'll run a really successful organization and you'll actually make a massive impact in their lives. I totally agree. I think it's almost like the more things change, the more they stay the same, isn't it? Mm. I think ultimately the underlying needs, I think, um, are, are the same, the, same. the, the need to yeah. be loved, the need to be listened to. Um, I think I think the the world that <clears throat> young people are growing up in, that has certainly it's changed. It's very different. Yeah. <clears throat> that has certainly changed. And I think it, 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 there's a lot more pressure on young people than there ever was um, in terms of peer pressure, in terms of self-esteem. Um, you know, social media is, is a is a whole thing. I think even as youth workers, we still don't fully understand the world that they're in and how very intense it is with, you know, WhatsApp groups and TikTok mm. and Snapchat and everything happen, happening on such a moment to moment basis and your uh, potential to be excluded at any second of the day is is extremely high yeah, yeah um, much yeah. higher than it, it was you Before, know like yeah, five years yeah. ago 10 years ago where you know social exclusion was a bit slower it was very it was very much slower and the, the also you know it's back when we started i mean you'd if you had an issue in school you'd have an issue in school with that individual and maybe your friendship group would know about it potentially some kids in your year group would know about it now if something happens in school you could go viral and a million people could be weighing in on what's just happened on you and those kind of pressures are so you know they're way heavy on on young people mm -hmm. um as well as you know on the on the other side of it you've got young people who are um facing real poverty you know and real real um 
serious issues that they, they struggle to come out of those issues. You know, they're struggling to come out of it. They're struggling to communicate their way out of it. Um, and it's like, you know, we need to be there face to face. So as much as we need to be online and monitoring all of that stuff, the, the need to have face to face contact is so important and it's so key. And lockdown proved that, you know, mm -hmm. with the amount of um, young people that we were feeding and young people that we were giving um, technology to, um, it showed that actually, you know, traditional youth work, there is still a space for it and it's very definitely, much needed. Definitely, I think traditional youth work is just never gonna, it's kind of like, you know, traditional parenting as in, you know, talking to your children and and bringing up your children and being with your children living with your children you know parenting can change but it's ultimately the same isn't it you, you're bringing up you're raising your children by being involved and I think it's the same with youth work you know we're kind of an extension of the family in many ways mm -hmm. because you know schools are struggling to cope with the huge numbers of children that they have to uh, pastor and it's difficult for them to do that so having a space where young people can come after school whether it's to offload their problems, to have a vent about the day, or just to just to relax, just to, relax, yeah. just to you know uh, have have a squash, have some chicken, have <laughs> you know play a game on the PlayStation, uh, not have to talk, um, and do whatever they feel is is kind of okay. I think it's so important to have those spaces for young people, mm -hmm. and it, it, unfortunately, they're kind of getting scarcer yeah. um, and it should be the opposite they should there should be more of them mm. and how do how do people hear about you how what kind of outreach do you do and do you find that people who come to you have heard through word of mouth or do they find you on social media or is it a mixture yeah so it's a mixture i think we're getting better at um promoting ourselves i think we, we historically we've just been terrible at it we've just kind of cracked on and just been like we're youth workers let's do youth work and let's focus on the work that we're doing uh we've been better now um in terms of kind of like just getting um our name out there and raising our profile a little bit Is it on social media and social media yeah but in terms of young people knowing who we are we do traditional youth work outreach work so we go out and we we do work in schools we go into the community we work with loads of community groups loads of partners will know about us and then it's a lot of word of mouth from the young people themselves mm. um, because what we, we try and do is create this culture of family within big kid um, so as soon as you kind of get involved with us you're involved in our family and we're going to try and support you as best we can um, mm. throughout whatever situation you're going through and a lot of young people really they they love that and and that's why our retention is so high they'll stick with us for three, four years, because it, it's we're, we're, we become an integral part of their lives. Um, and that's our goal that we, you know, how can we, how can we help you help yourself and then get you to a point where you start helping others. Um, and that's what we try and do. And it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty simple um, strategy, but it, it works, you know, you get the young people to, to understand who they are, mm -hmm. the value they bring, and the value they can give um you lift them up you train them and then they start doing the same thing they start mm -hmm. inviting all their friends mm -hmm. um they they then become youth workers facilitators coaches um and they become change makers within these local communities that we're we're in
Yeah, for sure. I think it's very interesting to me um, that despite all the changes in, in communications and social media and WhatsApp and all of this, that still you talk to the majority of our young people and ask them, how did you come to yeah. know about Big Kid? And the majority of them said, oh, my friend, my friend invited me. My friend told me. <laughs> and I came yeah. down and they, or, yeah. It's for all the flying that we sent out, for all the, all the social media posts and all of this stuff. They're like, yeah, my friend told me. It's and... still the best way, it's still word of mouth. And But I think it's a great testimony that actually young people are talking about us yeah. uh, to their friends. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, well, for, for listeners who want to find out more and support you, where, where are the best places to go to find so, you on social media or the internet? Yeah. So you can go to our website, which is um, bigkidfoundation.org. Um, we're also on all those social media platforms mm-hmm. on Instagram. We are Big Kid Foundation on, on Twitter. We're Big Kid Charity. Um, and then Big Kid Foundation everywhere else, Snapchat, Facebook, Facebook, LinkedIn, LinkedIn, yeah, everywhere, yeah, 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 yeah. We're, we're on all the platforms. Yeah, and you can also, uh, if you'd like to donate to support what we're doing, you can do that through our website. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. It's so inspirational to see the the work you're doing, and I've loved watching your charity grow over the years. So keep up the great work. Oh, oh thank, thank you. you. Thank you for having me. Appreciate yeah. talking to you. Yeah, it's brilliant. Thank yeah. you. We'll leave you with one of Cheninga's tracks from 2005 called Around the World. Enjoy. Tell me how they heard it.